Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. Matthew 25, 36-40 When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels are with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be assembled in front of Him and He will call them out, one from another, like a shepherd separates sheep from goats. He will put the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who have been blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. 35. Because I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous would say to him, Lord, When did we see you hungry and gave you something to eat? Or thirsty and gave you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and welcome you? Or see you naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visited you? Then the king will answer them, I tell you, all of you, with certainty, since you did it for one of the least important of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. We pray that you minister to us in your own way. In Jesus' name, amen. When I was growing up as a young Christian, there were about four particular homes where I visit almost every day, at least. One of the homes, at least in each day, I may visit one of those homes. And those homes served as the basis for my Christian growth. One of the homes was Nana Kofi's and auntie's home. Then, interestingly, Nana um, Kofi's sister-in-law's home. <laughs> then, um, there was an elderly couple. Their home was also more of a refuge for me. And those homes were such that not just for me, but for most of us who were young people growing up then. 
And then our brother, Emmanuel Mensah, he's not here. His home was also one of those homes where we visited. And most of us young Christians in the church, and even people who were not in the same church with us, those homes were more of a place where we got our spiritual nourishment. We go to some of those homes, including my home, where we have Bible studies, we fellowship, not in any formal way. Our Bible studies are not necessarily formal. We just meet and somebody may raise a topic and that will lead to a Bible studies. We have fellowship. It became an opportunity for evangelism. Sometimes you just go in and you have a friend going out with you or you just move out sometimes from school with some friends together and you just go to any of those homes. And the conversation leads to some of them becoming Christians. I remember one very guy in my school who was very notorious. And when this guy received Christ, everybody was shocked. People came to congratulate me for leading him to Christ, but I don't know how he received Christ. Only thing I knew was that I was with him, we went to some of these homes, and later on, he started fellowshipping with us. And when he became converted, just the same way he was notorious for bad things, he became notorious for the gospel. He was a leader in study groups, and you can't just be in this class if you don't receive Christ. He was just notorious for all those things. But I don't know how he received Christ. All I knew was that in going to some of those homes, somehow he received Christ. Those homes also served as physical support for us. For some of us, we are never sure of the next meal where we, it will be coming from. We go to school, we come home. We are not sure of getting food anywhere. We just go to any homes. And most often, by chance, some people may bring food from their own homes to those places, or there may be food in the very home we visited. And that was, for some of us, the support or the basis by which we get food to eat, to survive. And it was also a place for physical exercise, especially being young people then. There are lots of activities, games, and so on that we played that kept us very active. Socially, there were, just yesterday, um, I was having a discussion with Gifty. We just remembered when, in those days, there was, for, um, it, I think it was O-level then, and there was Apo released. And some of those friends got the apple and they came together and have to discuss as Christians whether to use the apple or not. It was an interesting discussion. Finally, they agreed not to use it. Two of them decided this is extreme. So they will study the apple and study on their own too. Um, at the end, apple scatter. So those who depended on the apple field, it was a massive field over the country. But Interestingly, all those people who stuck together in one of these homes of our brother Emmanuel Mensah, they studied together and so on. All of them passed their exams successfully. And so it provided that support and it has been a big support to them till this date. That was a big lesson for them. Also, we had emotional and psychological support. 
being together, we could discuss anything at all, any issue. There was nothing too um, extreme to discuss. So there is nothing we kept to ourselves. We teased each other. We made fun of each other. It was a community life. And till date, sometimes we sit back over 30 years, and we go back to all those years. We check, sometimes we take the box, trying to find out where is everyone. And we can say that that support, that community life, has kept our faith together, strengthened us, gave us grounding, which has helped many of, many of us to stay in the faith. Few times, some of us slipped off, backslided a little, went to swim a little, but somehow, some way, that support still kept us and brought us back to the faith. That was the foundation of the early church. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible talks about the early church. And let me quickly read from verse 46 to 47. Acts chapter 2, from verse 46. And the Bible says, United in purpose, they went to the temple every day, ate at each other's homes, and shared their food with glad and humble hearts. They were praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people. Every day, the Lord was adding to their numbers those who were being saved. Amen. So for the early church, the greatest strength of the church was this community life. They were, almost all those who were born again or who received Christ then were Jews. And so they kept to the old tradition. They did not have churches of their own. The church they know was the synagogues and the temple. Because they were in Jerusalem, they went to the temple. The Jews have prayer times three times in the day. So they go for these prayer meetings, which were normal for Jews. But then the strength, what, where they found about Christ, got to know about Christ, was in their homes. It was not an established, like, home cell as we know, or home fellowship as we know it today, where it is established, organized. We know every Tuesday or Wednesday we are meeting here from this time to this time. It was not so formalized then. It was a life. The love of God united them. And they were open to each other. Fellowshipping. Going to the temple where with time they got rejected because they were misfits. Their doctrine did not fit into the Jewish system. The synagogues rejected them. However, the home fellowships, not a formalized way, informal, being open, brought many people to Christ. First, the believers got strengthened in their faith. The Bible says earlier that they continued in the apostles' doctrine. So those became places where they had the opportunity to study the word of God, to ask all the questions, to try to understand what this Christianity is all about. And it was fellowship, nourishment, it strengthened them in various ways. 
And the Bible says the church grew. Daily, God was adding to their numbers. And the Bible says that those who were not born again were even afraid to join that group. I remember very well with this um, example of my childhood as, as I was talking about. There were people who just purpose that those particular homes, they would never enter. I remember one time a young woman came with a friend to our home and then that lady just waited on the staircase and refused to enter the house. And I was coming home and I heard her having a conversation with somebody. The person said, ah, you came with your friend. Why are you here? Said, this home, when you get in, you'll be born again. And I'm not ready to be born again now. I've not decided yet, so I don't want to enter the house. She ended up getting born again, even on the staircase. But that was the life we had. It was a free community life. We were open to each other. We were able to fellowship without any restrictions. Most often, we had our parents who were not into our church. We were more of the Pentecostal charismatic move. And our parents were more in the Orthodox churches. They supervised our activities from a distance, helped us along the line. Interestingly, I think with time, all those parents joined the church later on. But initially, they were not in the church. They sat back and looked at us. And many people in the communities around us gave their lives to Christ. Hospitality is one of the key things required of Christians. If you read the book of Timothy, 1 Timothy and then Titus, where the Bible gave qualifications for a bishop. One of the qualifications for a bishop is that the person must be hospitable, given to hospitality. That means knowing how to be welcoming, accommodating. And so hospitality is a foundation principle for Christianity. Here in Matthew, Jesus is talking to us about the importance of hospitality. All the things that we know and we focus on as Christianity, don't do this, don't do that. This is how a Christian must live. When Jesus was describing those who are blessed and saved into the kingdom, interestingly, he didn't talk about anything, any of them. And you are, you didn't steal, and you didn't commit adultery. And you, Jesus did not mention any of this. He focused on how you cared about other people. How you cared about other people. And that was the focus of the salvation message here. I was sick and you visited me. I was hungry and you fed me. I was destitute and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. The gospel is more practical in this context, people see the gospel when we live this life of hospitality, caring for other people. A few years ago, there was this Syrian crisis where there was this civil war in Syria. And many, and the, Syria is a Muslim country. I mean, Muslim-controlled country. So even you are, if you are a Christian, you have to hide your Christianity. And during the war, many of them fled to Europe for refuge. And they were received into homes. And many of those Muslims from Syria received Christ. Not because people came in preaching to them about Jesus Christ. But because some of the homes they 
which received them in were Christian homes. They were allowed to have their Muslim worship, to practice their worship religion without any restrictions. But when they saw the life of the people, the welcome, their fellowship, the way they also welcome other people, eating together, sharing the word, and giving them their freedom to have their religion, many of them converted to Christ, not because they heard any gospel, but they wondered about the life of the selflessness of those Christians, and they gave their life to Christ. Hospitality is a key principle of Christianity. Today, because of abuse, either from hosts or from guests, we have put some barriers and restrictions on ourselves. And slowly, hospitality is dying out of the church because we are careful, because people have taken on due advantage of the kindness of others and has abused those kindness. However, despite all the negativities of it, it is very important that as a church and as Christians individually, we find a way of expressing this hospitality. Jesus is not asking for a formalized one. Yes, the church has its own formalized ways of trying to care. Like at the end of the year, we raise funds to help the sickle cell unit. That is formalized but on their individual basis. When you read Romans chapter 12, it talks about the different gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to the church. Some have this gift of hospitality as a gift. And so they are able to express hospitality in more diverse ways and in more effective ways. However, the church does not limit it to only those who are gifted. The Bible says that every Christian must be committed to hospitality. And he says we must do it without grudge. So it means that it is something you have to develop as a Christian nature. Now, it is not only about opening your homes to other people. During the COVID time, a family that lived nearby decided to help um, people. And they went about it very simple way. So behind our house, there is some shades there. They cleared the place and put some seats there so people can just come and sit there because people are locked down in their homes and tired. So they created that spacing where people can just come and sit and relax. And their room is just, um, so the place is behind their room. And they play cool gospel music whilst people are sitting there. Sometimes they come in to serve snacks and children come around to play and then they gathered the children and started teaching them Bible lessons. And slowly, many people started receiving Christ. Some just by listening to the message without any preaching, started meditating it and made it have its own effect. In different ways, we can express this hospitality. The whole thing about hospitality is being welcoming, creating an environment where people will feel very welcome. So in the church, People come to church, and most of the time, following up on them, checking on them, finding out who they are, it's limited to just a few people who officially or formally are responsible for caring about others. But that is official responsibility assigned to them. But within the church, we need to care about each other. 
we should be able to open up such a way that we can respond to others' needs. And sometimes it is through this means that we are able to even identify the gifts and the callings that God has given to us. It can also come by, for example, after our church, inviting some one or two people to sit together, share a snack. In actual fact, one of the strong means of bonding is sharing food. When people share food, easily they loosen up and able to build relationships. And that is a form of hospitality. And so today, my message is very simple and straightforward here. The Bible encourages us on hospitality, caring for each other in different ways. There are people who every year they change their wardrobe, some every six months. And it is important to look for somebody who may have need of what you don't need. Because what you don't need may be of great value to somebody else. But it is also very important how you give it, such that it does not look insulting. Sometimes people give clothes out, and the way they give it out is insulting. Hospitality is showing care and love and bonding together, not necessarily because the person is in your church or you want the person to be in your church, but being the manifestation of Jesus Christ everywhere you find yourself. God bless you. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church, visit our website, www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.